money. I don't have your money. I know I'd be a lot happier with some extra cash. Is this about money? Oh, man, we got bills to pay, buddy. <laughs> Obviously, this is all about money. I got to talk to you about money. With practical tips and a focus on scripture, let's talk money with Dave and Reb from More Than Enough, the financial show that speaks to the heart of your money story. Real conversations about money for real people. Let's talk money. Are you ready to talk money, Reb? I'm ready to talk money. Pretty exciting show today. I am very excited. Pretty, pretty exciting show. Yes. We're gonna, we, we have a very special guest, Sue. <laughs> we kind of just met, and I know, Reb, you're like really excited to introduce her, so I won't take your thunder. Okay. I will <laughs> leave all of that thunder fully in your, your queue, whatever we call that. But I want to just say welcome to those that are joining us today. If you've joined us before, you know the grab your coffee, sit down at the table. We're going to have a conversation about the hard issues around money. Uh, if you're a first-time listener, if you've never heard us before, grab your coffee, sit down at the table. We're going to have a conversation uh, about the hard issues around money. And uh, we don't know where the conversation's going. That's what's so much fun about doing this podcast, doing it with you, Rebecca, doing it with our special guests to, hey, wherever God seems to lead and whatever it seems to come in uh, that's important, we're going to talk about it. So sit down, grab your coffee, enjoy the conversation. Yes, you're allowed to talk back to the radio, even though we can't hear you. It's totally good. Uh, so And send us your feedback. If you have any feedback that or questions uh, regarding our show today, mm-hmm. anything you hear, we'd love to hear what you have to say. So you can send a message to info at morethanenough.ca. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said that really fast, but yeah. Info and, at more than enough.ca. Yeah. Anyway, so can we get going? I, I'm just go at her. <laughs> okay. Away you go. Um, so the special guest we have today is Dr. Rebecca Southerns, and she's going to tell us what she does and all the little letters she has after her name um, <laughs> in a few minutes. But um, we met Rebecca um, at um, an Arrow Entrepreneur training event in May. And um What she spoke to just really resonated with what we're seeing with our more than enough clients, with what we're seeing on our team, with um, what we're seeing. Just are are you going to tell them the word? No, 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 no. She's keeping you in suspense. If you're listening, you're like, what is she talking about? No, 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 I'm going (laughs) to, you know, we'll get to that. But interestingly enough, today we're going to do two shows with Rebecca. So it's all awesome. So today's show and next week you'll be able to hear. And, but today's show, she's, we're going to actually, dig in a little bit to her money story and some of the wisdom that her and her husband have gleaned about money. So we're not even talking about her expertise area really today. Um, so you have to come back next week to listen to her. Oh, so oh. Um, Rebecca, could you introduce yourself to us and um, we'll go from there. Sure. Thanks, Reb. Appreciate you having me. Uh, so I, um, my name is Rebecca Southerns. I live in Guelph, Ontario. And I'm in year 25 of a company that facilitates strategic thinking and planning with community-minded organizations. So that might be businesses uh, in the private sector. It might be public sector uh, groups, usually local and provincial governments. I work with a lot of charities, a lot of um, universities, for example. And so my, my contribution is to help them find clarity to work as groups to um, achieve objectives they have and really to help people 
align what's important to them with what they actually do. So in that, I'm facilitating uh, meetings probably two-thirds of my time, and the other third is speaking and training and coaching in that area. So that's my work life. And in my unpaid life, uh, I am married to Tim for uh, 31 years so far. We met when we were 11 and uh, started dating when we were 17 and got married about five years after that. So we are a long-time uh, long-time friends, and uh, we have four children who are not children anymore uh, that are in the stages of gradually uh, leaving home. Our youngest uh, and I have two more nights at home together, and then I go away for work, he goes away to camp, and then heads to university. So our nest is emptying, but even as that happens, it is also filling. We have a, a three-year-old granddaughter who lives about 500 meters from us. So um, that's the stage that we're at in our family life. And uh, I love to travel. I love to knit. I love to explore farmers markets, and I watch a lot of sports. So that is really uh, a very quick introduction to me. Wow, I love that. We should do that more often. Get people to tell us what their hobbies are. <laughs> anyway, that's a great thing. Anyway, so be but before we dig into the heart matter of today's show, I wanted to um, read actually Proverbs six verses six to eight. Now, it might be um, an interesting verse why you think I would be reading this verse in light of Rebecca being our guest today. But when... Nobody's ever figured out how the verses okay. connect to what we're talking you know, about. But that's okay. That's what makes it so good. So Okay, great. So this actually is kind of related to money. Aren't you happy I am, that I'm I actually I'm extremely happy. I know these yes. verses. Okay, okay. These are part of the ones that I, I know. know from the I know. Money. And, yeah. you know, so in May, so if you don't know this, but our team is memorizing verses, uh, financial verses every month This uh, starting <laughs> This past month. So this was the first, these were the first verses. So it says, go to the ant, you sluggard, consider her ways and be wise, which having no captain or overseer or ruler provides her supplies in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. Now, I, I don't know, I think when, when Rebecca was telling me some of their money story, when we were talking about the show today, I was thinking, oh, man, they have gone to the ant, they have observed with wisdom and gleaned it for themselves and are people who have planned, who glean, who gather the store stores in times of harvest. And I know I don't know you very well, but that was the verse that came to my mind. And some of you could say, well, that was because you were memorizing it, maybe. <laughs> um, but none, needless to say, that whole section of Proverbs 6, that section from 1 to 11 is really, really great and is so related to money. So if you have your Bibles um, or you're going for a walk, put um, Proverbs 6 on. It's an awesome verse, uh, chapter. So um, saying that, Rebecca, I guess we, I, you know, at more than enough, we talk about our money stories a lot. Where do we come from financially? What's our background? And you have gleaned some important lessons, principles in your money story and your walk uh, with God and money. Um, I, I shouldn't assume, but you've walked with the Lord a long time. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me. So maybe we could start with, um, you know, it's very interesting to me. You met your husband when he was 11 years old. So when you got married, 
uh, after dating at the age of 17, which kind of freaks me out because our son just started dating. Uh, our, th- our fourth son just started dating at the age of 18, a girl. I'm thinking, oh, oh, I guess this is like where this could head. So, um, <laughs> you know, it's kind of freaking me out, but that's okay. Um, that's a sidebar. What, what were the, some of the early conversations you had with Tim? Like, were you guys on the same page right away? Maybe you could give us some a background about how that all started. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I think the thing I would say is that we had very good role models and really wise counsel. And both of those things really helped us. We had people in our lives in really formative years, most mostly through university before we were married, but while we were still uh, dating, we had people who were willing to speak into this in our lives. Um, people who ran small group Bible studies we were in, uh, people who were doing eventually premarital counseling with us, who were willing to talk about this. And we discovered that that thankfully we were very much on the same page. We had had, although different upbringings in some ways, um, his family emigrated from England just before he was born. And my family has been um, in this part of Ontario for several generations and, and, you know, different kind of entrepreneurial backgrounds. But for the most part, we were thankfully quite on the same page about that. And so I think the combination of compatibility in that area and some really solid and transformative teaching shaped how we would eventually handle our finances. And I'm really thankful for that. And is there a um, kind of I would say I get asked this question a lot, so I'm going to ask this of you. And if you go, hey, I don't have an answer, that's totally good. But, you know, is there through that journey kind of one piece where you're like, well, this piece of advice or this conversation or this mentor, one of those who who was like, man, we're still living on that, right? Whatever, whatever that is. Is there somebody there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did a, a Bible study um, through university on the parables and it, the big joke was that, you know, the parable that was supposed to take us a week took us one semester one time. It was that we, were not, we were not rushing through the parables. And uh, the parable of the shrewd manager became really important to us um, and shaped a lot of things. And one of the one of the things I remember from that, you know, 35 years later is that the way we handle our money reflects our understanding of God. And so if we are miserly with our money, if we are overly cautious with it, if we are selfish with it, we are projecting to the world and to ourselves that that's what our God is like. It's his money. So if if we handle it in ways that are, we, we, we ought to handle it in ways that reflect his character. And so what does it mean to believe that we have a God who is generous, who, who is extravagant, who um goes above and beyond for us in mercy, for example. And therefore, what would that mean in terms of how we handle our money? And so one little example that is a bit cliche, but you asked what had stuck with me from a long time ago, um, is the idea of Sunday lunch restaurant shifts are the ones no server of whom I have raised all for. Uh, No server wants to work Sunday lunch because the post-church crowd are cheap. And I'm like, that is wrong. We should be the best crowd um, for these folks making server wages who need to rely on their tips to make it through school. So I just really feel that Christians should be people who are generous people and known for that. Okay, so if you're listening, did you take note of that? <laughs> it, 
you know, you're going out, you're going out for dinner, you got to prepare to leave a good tip. Okay, so that's, you know, the summary of, of Rebecca's wisdom here, or standout is, is to say, you know what, and, and I 100%, I love it. Yeah, I mean, we are both on the same page going out and, and just in that small way, being able to say, yeah, I, I, you know, we have to plan to be generous sometimes, but we also get to just make that part of the habit. So when you see it come up on the, you know, if you're paying for it and say, what percentage tip, how much money, you know, bring the cash extra in your pocket if that's what it takes to make sure this is tip money and then we're going out for dinner to pay for our dinner. So cool. Love it. It's interesting that because that's a really practical um, expression of generosity mm. that um my friend who, especially after this pandemic, when restaurants have been closed and servers haven't been working, um, she says that she won't order certain things. Like she'll just order the basic, she'll order water and not do dessert. And so that just in light of where she is financially, she can tip with that money she would have spent on herself. And I just love that because because I could hear listeners say, well, you know, I don't make a lot of money either, so why should I, you know, tip? And especially also in this season, um, I'm on a board of directors for um, a community services organization out where we live, and we were just talking about how some of the donations are drying up because of the cost of groceries. And, and really, now is this time that we continue to be generous, mm -hmm. open-handed, and see how God wants to um, funnel his own resources through our hands and that that you know maybe some of you out there haven't thought about tipping but that's a really great point and it doesn't have to just be on sunday lunch it, mm -hmm. it can and you can literally do what my girlfriend is doing and just order something you can enjoy the time out but it doesn't you can still use that extra money to tip instead so that's really interesting because that's a heart issue right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For sure. Because yeah. sometimes I want to eat, have my cake and eat it too. I want to tip really well, but I really want my own stuff too. So yeah, that's just my personality. Anyway, um, do you have any other principles that you've really learned that have really guided you on your financial journey with your husband? Because raising four kids, like adults in university, we are similar. We have five. Um, I, we had the add-on at the end in our 40s. So, um, so yeah, it's the, when they're all in university, I said there's at least three in university at once. So mm -hmm. how, what, what, is, what has sustained you through this, these years? So many things. I think one of the things is being willing to talk about it, first of all. Um, and I'm not the least bit shy about talking about money, either with my husband or with our children or with anybody that asks. And so I think that's part of it. I think I, we mentioned compatibility earlier. Um, sometimes it takes other people to notice things. But someone said to us very early in our marriage, what a gift it is from God that we are so compatible in this area. Because, you know, as you well know, lots of strife can come when you're not. And so um, compatibility in the giftedness at giving was actually a blessing to our family that both of us, like, if one of us is giving something to someone is being generous in some way, even when we didn't have a lot of money, we knew for sure that the other person would not begrudge that um, because the other person is wired like that too. And I, I'm really grateful for that um, compatibility. I took it for granted for a long time. I think in terms of some principles, one of them is that we have routinely lived below our means. Um, 
And one thing I regret a bit is that we have certainly let our standard of living and our cost of living increase dramatically over time, partly because of the four people that are here now that weren't before, but not only because of that. But we were taught quite um, deliberately to uh, live below our means and to not let your lifestyle creep up as your income creeps up, if you've got what you need, the extra can be used for other things. It doesn't need to be used to make your life fancier. Um, we have not 100% succeeded in that. We've got a pretty nice life and um, a lot of privilege. And I want to acknowledge that right from the start. But um, we did, for example, when we bought our first house, which was a different economy, different time, but we were able and chose to buy that house on one income so that we had the flexibility if it happened as we hoped it did that one of us would be home sometimes and we wouldn't have to rely on two incomes all of the time. I realize that economically and house prices and whatever things have shifted so I'm not making that a, a blanket statement exactly for everybody but the principle was make sure your expenses are noticeably below your income so that you've got some flexibility so that if the unexpected hits so that if you want to be generous in other ways, um, if you want to change your income earning patterns, you're not tied um, to a really stressful expense line. And then I think the other thing is that um, we really knew at least Tim did in particular, where our money went, we it was really only in the last 18 months, I want to say that we stopped gathering and collecting and recording every single receipt of every single thing we spent that faithful man of mine has recorded every expenditure in our family for 30 years. And um, I think there's power in that because he knew actually where every like we even when we weren't following exactly the spending patterns that we perhaps would want to, we knew that and and so I think knowing where your money's going and, and basing your decisions therefore on evidence. We don't we don't guess that stuff very well. Like we think we know what we're spending. Um, but we I'm I'm really bad at that. So I think actually having the evidence that that showed where it was going was critical. And then finally I think having some goals around I, I'm a big picture person. So big picture going back to what I said before. I believe that God is a generous God. And I believe that we need to convey as an example, there's lots of other parts of, of his character too. But I think having a sense of what money is for um, and using it and not being, not being shy to use it as a tool to influence people toward the kingdom of God. I think that's an important thing. And probably that came from that parable many years ago. I, there's so much you're saying. So I've taken notes while you, so, so if you're listening to this as a podcast, just stop and rewind it and listen and go get your journal and take some notes. But you are reflecting so much of what we teach and what we say. Well, I think that's because she got it from the Bible. Well, okay. I mean, just, just. Yes. <laughs> yes, I know. I, yes. But you know what? God doesn't say, okay, here's the five things you have principles. I want you to learn that some people, especially if they're not reading the word are not gleaning those things mm -hmm. or aren't taught them like you, your story about having mentors and teaching and um, like a Bible study, like those parables and the shrewd manager and having compatibility. I mean, in that sense, you, your foundation has been so solid and, mm -hmm. and you realize that and not everyone has that. So if you're listening and you think, oh man, because David and I didn't get a lot of solid teaching, ironically, uh, Rebecca, you don't know our story of how we got here probably, but 
Um, you know, it was kind of a God surprise to us that a automotive tech and a homeschooling mom would end up uh, as a more than enough financial coach and business. But, you know, we didn't have a lot of that. We had, we had parents who emulated good stewardship and that was also worth its salt. So, but to those of you who are listening, who are thinking, well, I didn't have that great a foundation. It's not too late. It's not too late for you in your life to glean what Rebecca just talked about. And, and especially in regards, um, I think one of the things that we talk about is knowing where your money goes and recording it. That's a really powerful tool. And sometimes we say it over and over again, face your finances, financial awareness creates empowerment. It is one of the things we say all the time really get to the nitty gritty. We, I often say that my dad, when they didn't have a lot all those years ago when they um, were started a farm and he was in Bible school, they my dad literally counted my mom's pennies. So um, in the end, um, when my mom had a lot more money, my dad would give her money like go buy some clothes and she'd never want to spend it because of how she had been trained. So my sisters and I went and, you know, helped her spend it. So that's how that happened. But, um, but she had the flexibility there, but that principle was still in her. Actually, she lived that her whole life. Like I'm going to watch what I spend. Mm -hmm. So, and I, I'm going to pick up uh, just from, from your story, Rebecca, just, you know, Reb, you said, you know, it's not too late. And and the scripture really hasn't changed. And as you were just sharing, uh, Re Rebecca, two Rebs, oh, Reb and Rebecca, but, uh, you know, Rebecca, as you were sharing, I was just thinking, uh, you know, again, um, the principles that we see in scripture, reading the gospels, just, just going through those parables, you know, 16 of the parables that Jesus spoke talked about money and possessions and how to use them. And that's just a little over half of them. So, you know, the reality is, is Jesus really did give that practical part to say, if if you if you dig into this and, it, you know, it does take a couple readings. And I love that you spent like a semester on the parable of the shrewd steward because that parable is a difficult parable when you start to dig into it there's a lot there right and and so you know going into that and and that's really part of of you know our digging into the money story that that uh, and digging into the 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 wisdom that's in scripture and then saying how do i apply this in our relationship as a husband and wife and in a family uh with kids and and the different stages that that we go through in a family um you know just so much there for us to to just go back to the basics of you know, it really does. Let's get into scripture and read through some of that and just see how we can implement or put that into practice in our own lives. So, mm -hmm. awesome. well, what yeah. yeah, go so, ahead, Rebecca. I was just going to say, I think that the other thing is that when I think about the role models I had early in my life, like well before Tim and I met and during my teenage years, I had two things happen, both relating to my grandfather. And I think, um, well, let's call it three. One is that he had money, but didn't live like he had money. So we didn't always know that as as kids, for example. I mean, you're not very aware of that anyway. But I think um, I was raised very frugally, um, single mom who had me young. Yes, her family had some resources, but she herself really didn't. And, you know, I was raised to be a bargain hunter. And I still tease my mom that she is the the queen of, you know, the thrift stores. And she's still she's a big sewer. And she makes all her own clothes out of, you know, thrift store fabric finds that she's very proud of. So there's a lot of um, 
frugality and bargain hunting in my DNA, I think, combined with um, this generosity of, you know, my grandfather as a kid, I would often, when I saw him, he would just kind of, you know, slip me $10 and tell me it was walking around money, you know? And, and as when he died much later, um, there were people that contacted us or that even came to his funeral and we didn't recognize them. And when we asked who they were, they were people that he had put through college or university that we had never met and, and he had transformed their lives with his resources. And some of those we knew about and some of those we didn't, but those could be people who literally he had met on a trip and they were a great server in a restaurant who he saw some, a spark in and he'd ask for their address and he'd send them a check and put them through school, you know? And so this idea of kind of secret and extravagant generosity, um, combined with this frugal lifestyle, I think has probably imprinted, uh, my attitudes way more than than I thought, and also recognizing that it's not all great, right? Like some of that part was great, but um, I've been more recently part of a a program in Australia called Thought Leaders Business School, and they talk a lot about money and about basically how all of us are screwed up about money in one way or another. And so all of us have part of our money story that is pretty messed up. And so um, we bring a lot of baggage into it. So I just want to acknowledge that part of the talking about it, part of the knowing where your money goes, part of knowing your story is so that you can start to unpack the ways that it is dysfunctional in your life right now and could be made more in line with with what it's intended to be. So not all sweetness and light, but I think the the awareness of it and the willingness to pay attention has been a real blessing for me. Mm -hmm. And recognizing that, you know, every day we all use money. So, you know, in a lot of ways, again, as you just said, that having in a sense a purpose or an eye for your grandpa did, he, he had an eye for, hey, I've got resources that are available. I don't need to live on. How can I advance the kingdom? How can I, you know, help this person who ne looks like they need help? Like all of those things really do take an eye to what is money for? Is it for me or is it for something else? Maybe God's at work. Maybe there, again, there's lots, lots into all of those. So love it. Um, man, I, we're already like almost at, at the, the end, end of the show. show. Yeah. Like, I, I just, just looked at the time clock and went, Oh my goodness. We, <laughs> so. so I just want to quote Rebecca, um, what she said already, mm -hmm. the way we handle our money reflects our understanding of God. So I think that's a question we want to leave us mm -hmm. all with. What is our understanding of God and how how are we handling our money, especially in light of, and we're going to mention it again, the rising costs and, and folks saying, um, you know, yeah, that's fine to say all this stuff, but, you know, everything's increasing. How can I live on less than I make um, in these times? And for some folks, we want to acknowledge mm -hmm. it is it is tough. Mm -hmm. Like we are not saying it's easy. Um, and we stand in a certain privilege just because of, uh, I don't know, <laughs> you know, we are privileged. And Rebecca's already, you know, said that. Um, but dig into a little bit. What are your reflections on God? And and is is he generous like we've been talking about? And do you believe in his generosity? And um uh, I, I know I'm going to just mention this again. I wrote a book. You guys know that because I've mentioned it several times this past year. And one of the things in the book I have 
folks do is actually reflect on God's character to develop trust and really eat some of his character qualities. Like he's trustworthy, he's faithful, he is generous. And I think you've heard that today from Rebecca. Like she's just had so much good things to say about the faithfulness of the Lord in her life. Um, Yes, there are things that her and her husband have done, but he's met them in those places as well. Good. Well, why don't we just wrap up with a prayer? So, Lord, we do thank you for your grace. We thank you that you are so generous and that we can come to you with all of our needs and say, Lord, I don't know how to figure this out. I don't know what the next uh, moment of time is going to bring. And I see that uh, there's a need, uh, whether it's in our own life or in someone else's life. And so, Lord, we just want to surrender those things and those questions to you and and, uh, recognize your faithfulness in answering them every single day. So we thank you for that in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, Rebecca, thanks so much for today. And next week, we're going to dig into what she does and how she's going to encourage us in this crazy world global time uh, about where we're all at. Awesome. So join us next week. Yeah, you're welcome. Join us next week when we talk money with Reb and Rebecca. Rebecca. (laughs) Let's Talk Money is a division of More Than Enough Financial Fitness, where God is transforming hearts and bringing hope for today and freedom for tomorrow. For more information or to comment on today's show, please visit morethanenough.ca.